Welcome to Urban Forum Northwest with your co-host Hayward Evans and Eddie Rye. Uh, before we go to Hayward to talk about uh, the February 1st kickoff of Black History Month being sponsored by the Martin Luther King Commemoration Committee, just want to thank uh, our uh, sponsors for the last year, our supporters, uh, uh, Leslie Jones at Sound Transit, uh, Mian Rice, uh, the diversity program manager at uh, the Port of Seattle, Liz Alzier, purchasing and Oh, here's my phone running it right now in the middle of everything, and I didn't turn it off. But anyway, uh, I also want to thank uh, Concourse Concessions with Dave Fukuhara, SeaTac Bar Group LLC, uh, Jerry Whitson, Rod O'Neill, and always Stephanie Ogle, who keeps our our technology straight. So at this time, I want Hayward to take the opportunity to talk about what's going to be happening February 1st with uh, the kickoff of Black History Month. So go right ahead, Hayward Evans. Oh, thank, thank you, Eddie. And to the listenership, thank you for, for tuning in today. Uh, this is uh, by the Martin Luther King Commemoration Committee. It's the third annual Black History Month, Martin Luther King Civil Rights Memorial Park tree lighting ceremony. Uh, this is our third year. Every year we want to light the park for Black History Month. This is an honor to Black history. Uh, it's going to be live streamed this year because of the COVID-19. There'll be no public program or lighting ceremony in the park. Hopefully next year we'll have it. Uh, but I really suggest that you go by. I was there last night, Eddie, when we did the um, we did the dry run, the preliminary lights, and it looks absolutely beautiful. Uh, you know, Black History is a month that's an important opportunity for us to celebrate uh, the contributions and achievements of Black people throughout our history. And also the local trailblazers. We have a lot of people here locally that uh, during this month should be thought about and, and honored. Uh, the actual lighting ceremony is gonna take place about 5.20, but the, uh, uh, the program itself is gonna be live streamed from the Converge Media Studio. And it's gonna begin at 4.30 and run until six o'clock. But it's also gonna be live streamed on, um, at the, on the NAACP's website, uh, the Fax Newspaper's website, uh, and, and of course our website, and that's, uh, uh, MLKCC or Seattle, MLKCC.org. Uh, and I'm just encouraging everybody to come out and, um, and see the program. It's going to be, it's going to be excellent. We have Josephine Howe singing. We have Chandler Williams is going to be singing. We have some, uh, excellent people and great topics. Uh, and this time we're going to do it a little differently because we know a lot of our history, but it's, but for us, or at least for me, Eddie, it's about tra tracing the money. And I think people are going to be surprised at how much income was generated during those 200 years of slavery. The, 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 and you put it in today's dollars, the, the, the figure is just mind boggling. And but again, we're going to we're going to look at those numbers look at the issues and then and then talk about next steps everything should be solution based but again this is the time for us to come together and and celebrate our history throughout the month so the lights in martin luther king uh civil rights memorial park are going to be lit for the entire month of february and uh, so people can drive by in the evening right now and see the lights well you know i haven't called the uh, parks department i was going to have them turn off to be honest until we've we flip them on a Monday night. But yes. I believe they are going to be on again tonight. But I was there last night again, 
and spoke to you on the phone. Absolutely beautiful. It really is beautiful. We have the uh, uh, Charleston Nine a memorial tribute to them. So you have special lighting on, on their memorial and also on Jackie Jones uh, Walsh, a great uh, local lady civil rights and uh, a labor uh, union leader. Uh, I'm just- I have some for Jerry Ware too. And Jerry Ware. And Jerry Ware. I just feel good about the, uh, the upcoming program, the people that are involved. And I think people are gonna absolutely love it. And I'm just encouraging everybody to, uh, to find that, uh, Find us on one of those live streaming sites. So yeah, it's quite a, quite a bit of streaming. The NAACP, the Urban League, um, Rainier Valley Radio, Rainier Rainier Avenue Radio World, are they not live streaming as well? Well, you know, I, I put a call into them. Uh, um, Tony B was back east uh, during the inauguration. I haven't heard from him yet. I talked to John Yastataki, and John was going to do some follow up for okay. it. Well, I'm going to convey to you that you have an invitation to be on Chris B. Bennett's program tomorrow morning on KRIZ at 7:35. On the Chris B. Bennett program at 7:35 tomorrow morning. Oh, excellent! Okay, we got Omari Salisbury standing by, the founder of Converge Media. Omari, you online with hey, us? Hey. Okay, hey, yeah. Hey, with Evans, Eddie Rye, Eric's at the boards. So yeah, so why All don't right. you uh, share with us a little bit about? Uh, uh, share with our listeners a little bit about Converge Media, how you came up with the concept. I noticed uh, doing the Black Lives Matter stuff, a lot of the media came to you uh, for your film and your expertise and your witness to what you were putting together. So why don't you just take a few minutes and share a little bit about the history and the background of Converge Media. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. And before I do that, though, you know, as usual, we got to pay homage to the shoulders that we stand upon. So I got to tell you, it's an honor and pleasure to be on the air with you, Mr. Ryan and Mr. Evans. So I thank you for the opportunity to join you uh, this afternoon. Uh, Converge Media basically um, founded a few years ago, almost four years ago now, as we wanted a platform for for black creatives to be able to to get their work out there. To be honest with you, so filmmakers and writers bloggers and photographers to be able to have a platform based here in the Northwest for them to get exposure um, and to get their, their work seen. Uh, a lot of times creatives in our community, they invest a lot of, a lot of time and energy and maybe making short films or, or in perfecting their craft. They put it out there and it doesn't go anywhere. They get discouraged and they stop creating. So we wanted to be able to, to, to be that space to be able to amplify the voices of creative individuals in our community. And now when you mentioned the, the, the protest, um, the, the Seattle protest, before I touch on that, I'll take it one step back, is that we, we started our morning update show, which actually rolled into the protest. We started our morning update show almost a year ago in March. And we started that um, the same day that Governor Inslee basically shut the state down. We knew that there needed to be a show on the air Monday through Friday to be able to give people in our community, especially our elders, some curated information about what was going on with COVID. If you remember back then, the information about COVID was like drinking out of a fire hydrant. It was just information everywhere. And it was difficult for people in our community to find information that was, that was specific to them. And so we started the morning update show, which is still on right now, Monday through Friday, 11 to 12, 11 a.m. to 12 p.m. across Converge Media Platform. And um, kind of rolled that into the Seattle protest. You know, uh, we, we, we initially went down to cover the protest on, on behalf of our community, community news. But um, it, it turns out that 
uh, unbeknownst to, to us in the beginning there that uh, people in Seattle across the nation and actually around the world really appreciated the way that we were covering the protests in a frontline manner, kind of calling it how we see it. And you're right, for, for a long time there, especially during the CHOP, we were one of the few media outlets that, were, that was there uh, covering the Seattle protests. And a lot of the world's news or- organizations got their information from Converge. And, um, you know, that experience there actually propelled Converge Media really to a national and international spotlight to where we're at right now. That's great. Give us a little background on how you came up with the concept and the idea to start the media. Well, I'll be honest with you. The majority of my career, I worked overseas in media. So, um, you know, I've, I've worked well, I've visited about 26 countries in the continent of Africa, and I've worked in, the, in eight of them, and launched TV and radio stations over there in Tanzania, Kenya, Burundi, uh, Rwanda, Botswana, Uganda, South Africa, as well as a lot of streaming platforms and work over in Nigeria as well. So, uh, you know, I've, I come from, from a media background. and also um, launched a TV station there in the Middle East, in the United Arab Emirates, in Abu Dhabi, and I used to go over to China, believe it or not, and negotiate content distribution deals with some of the big satellite players over in Beijing. So majority of my career, although spent away from Seattle overseas, I've been in, in the, the media business really in a, in a large scale, and in some cases a very large scale. So I knew in coming back home to Seattle, um, came back home really in about 2016, that I wanted to be able to take all my accumulated knowledge from, from my life's experience in media and then do something that was going to benefit our community. And uh, I'm just trying to, so you are located in uh, the studios in Pioneer Square. Uh, I'm just still trying to figure out. And then, you know, uh, Hayward and I, we did a the program uh, on August 28th. You had Carlos and another person that we worked with and they were, they were outstanding. And I'm just trying to figure out how do you get the talent? Do you have a, people that you just pull from to do certain tasks? Well, I'll be honest with you. So, I mean, we, we've got a small original team from from day one. And you talk about people like Carlos Amani. That was Alia D'Alessandro, who, who was well-directed that show. Uh, but but Carlos, Daryl Glover, and Eric Eric Wilson. But we got it once once the, the protest kind of kicked off, we, 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 we got a lot of people who, who gravitated to Converge, who had, you know, amazing skill sets. And mostly because of COVID, you know, they were out of work. And so we were able to, it isn't necessarily that we even went, went looking. In the best way, all the right people came into our organization. So we have a mix of people who've been with us for a few years and a lot of outstanding people that, um, you know, have taken their, their skill sets, from, from, from other businesses and industries, and they've added now to our Converge team, which is very exceptional. I think that we, you know, we have a, a, a very great team, a very competitive team, and a team that is, um, that is able to, like I like to say that a lot of times Converge, we punch above our weight class. We're definitely lightweights out there in the media industry here in Seattle in the Pacific Northwest. But every once in a while, you see us punching above our weight class and being able to deliver stories and insights that no other media outlet can. I want to see if my co-host, Edward Evans, has any comments or questions. He's been working closely with the staff on our February 1st Martin Luther King Commemoration Committee Black History Kickoff. 
Hey, Omari, first, I, I want to thank you for opening up your studio to us to allow us to do the uh, Black History Month program from there. We're very, very appreciative and very appreciative of the staff that you have, particularly uh, Carlos and that, and that lady that you mentioned. Uh, now, the, they say the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Now, you know, tell them who your mother and brother are, please. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> well in, in that case, yeah, you're right. Well, doesn't doesn't fall very far. So my, my mom is is Reverend Harriet Walden. A lot of people might know her for uh, founders for uh, Mothers for Police Accountability. Also, uh, was a CPC commissioner for quite a few years. And my brother Shakundi Salisbury, Kun Love, uh, a man icon, and he's uh, actually ran for the 37th district. Uh, came up a little bit short in this election, but you know he's had a career uh, with youth engagement, especially in the Central District in the south end of Seattle. So, you know, I, I, I guess in that context, man, the whole family is staying active for sure. Well, that's the whole idea. You got to be out there. If you Look, there is no such thing as uh, doing nothing. Even when you're just sitting alone, you're still doing something. Change is a constant. And hopefully we're going to move in a, in a positive direction. Uh, but can you let's go back and talk about when you set up your studio? So now it used to be up off of Jackson Street. When did you move downtown? Well, yeah. Well, so so here's the thing is is that we we were on Jackson Street and and then what happened was is the Seattle protest. The epicenter was of course right there on Capitol Hill and on on Pine Street, and we were going there every day and and actually um doing doing the morning update show live from Cal Anderson Park. And to be honest with you, there was a Microsoft millionaire who lived right next door to the East Precinct who was a fan of Converge and what we were doing, and he offered up his loft that was literally right next door to the East Precinct. So, like, he went on some road trip across the country for six weeks, and he he was like, yo, man, it's important that you guys are here and covering this. And it was that act of kindness, to be honest with you, that allowed us that exclusive access where we were there inside the, the chop 24-7 every single day because because of that space. And then once the Seattle protest ended, we knew that we needed a bigger uh, production facility to be able to facilitate our big vision. And that's when we came across the space that's down there in, in Pioneer Square. So it's been a real interesting story with Converge. And to be honest with you, that story that I just told you about how we got that loft, that's really how Seattle has responded to Converge. I mean, people have come out of the woodwork to be able to figure out, man, how can they support what we're doing? How can they support our vision? So, you know, Converge Media has been well-received by the city of Seattle and beyond. Well, Omari, I uh, want to thank you for the time today. we got to have you back on. You're a wealth of knowledge, and we want to make sure our listeners know what you have up and how they can get involved. And if they need some uh, media technology, media stuff done, uh, Converge Media is ready to take on the task and produce a quality product. So, brother, we really appreciate you and Converge Media and Haven, now, will you be back in town by the first? Definitely. You'll, you'll find me there. Okay, then we'll be looking to see because February 1st from 4 to 6, from 4.30 to 6, Haywood Evans and Eddie Rye will be live at Converge Media kicking off our Black History Month celebration. So thank you very much, Omari. We appreciate you. Thank you, Mr. Rye. Thank you, Mr. Evans. Have a good day. Okay. Thank you now. So, uh, our next guest is uh, Chardonnay Beaver, who is one of the participants in the Black History Program that will be happening on February 1st. 
she also participated on the August 28th uh, commemoration event of the 1963 March on Washington. So Ms. Chardonnay Beaver, whose family owns the Seattle Facts newspaper, and she's a former student body president at Garfield, a very articulate, well-spoken, well-written lady. And uh, while Chardonnay wants you to share with our listeners that don't know you a little bit about your background and uh, the, the involvement you're going to have with the Martin Luther King Commemoration Committee. Good afternoon. Thanks for having me on. Hi, my name is Chardonnay Beaver. Um, among many things, I am uh, the granddaughter of Fitzgerald Beaver, um, Elizabeth Beaver. I'm an influential speaker, student at the University of Washington, majoring in political science which I actually just was notified that I got accepted into my major, so that was great. I am a storyteller, a community engager, and a child of God, among many things, a daughter, a sister. I'm ever-evolving, ever-changing, and I'm happy to be with you all this afternoon. And uh, uh, tell us a little bit about, i tell you what, why don't you do uh, show your talents and do a little spoken word off the top of your head. Off the top of my head? Yes. <laughs> you, you you know you can rap, so go ahead and do a little rap for us. Well, I don't consider myself a rapper. I don't, but I'm, that's just a terminology OGs use when they refer to spoken word. Well, let me see what I can do for you. Give me just one second. Ladies and gentlemen, wait for the presentation by Miss Chardonnay Beaver, the spoken word <laughs> champion in the Northwest. I'll tell but, you what. You did what? You know, when I, as I'm about to recite this poem, the spoken word, I was quite appalled because I haven't done poetry in a really long time. So it made me <clears throat> go back into the bag of talents and goodies, but I'll do this part of the poem that I'm actually going to be presenting for this awesome event on the first. So let's see. Good. It's called The Path That I Now Walk. And this is just a stanza from it. Alas, the path was paved. The price was paid. Fear had stopped. Fight were fought. The present is not the past. But where my feet stand, where I walk along this path, is not the aftermath. It is the answer to the equation, and I am the proof that resilience plus fight times faith equals me. I am my ancestors' wildest dreams. <laughs> There's a little, little snippet for you guys. That's great. That's great. Now, why don't you share with our listeners some of the places where you have presented, where you have organized, and uh, share a little bit about your background. Sure. So currently I have a platform that I created in 2019 titled Words of Wisdom by Shar. I guess you can say I'm the friend that people tend to go to for advice or just a sound voice. And so Words of Wisdom by Shar was started in 2019. And that's a platform that I have on Instagram, YouTube, and it's just expanding from there. But places that I've spoken at, it ranges. Uh, I've spoken with 
master's students at the University of Washington. I've spoken to master's students at Utabaco. Um, I've done things with Education So White, which was an event uh, brought to you by Seattle University in partnership with TED Talks. I've done things with Jesse Hergopian. He's an educational advocate at Garfield High School, which I was student body president for. Um, the list goes on. I've done a bunch of different events throughout the city, but speaking and storytelling is just the foundation to how I'm able to get a message out there. Um, yeah, so looking forward to this month, Black History Month, I'm actually doing a project um, that just kind of birthed from my love and desire to celebrate Blackness and Black excellence. Because I feel like 2020 was a year where our joy and our pain and mourning imbalance was heart-wrenching. And that left me to really sit in that trauma and sit in that sorrow a little bit to birth something new. So this month, I actually have a project happening under the Wild by Shar platform called Centering Voices. And in the month of February, I'll be celebrating Black women and young Black creators and uh, life coaches and entrepreneurs. So I'm excited about that. Well, well that's quite a, uh, an agenda you have for Black History Month. Yes. And in I have addition to that, you are, now, you are a sophomore at the University of Washington or a junior? I'm a sophomore. Because okay, I know you guys go through pretty quick. Your sister went, I think she got done in two or three years, didn't she? She got done, actually this year, she went through the regular four years. Okay. And uh, she's continuing her journey in Los Angeles. She was also on the show, the radio show, uh, right. around this summer when you had us on. She a poet. Okay. <laughs> I'm just okay. taking notes. Yeah, but we want to have an impact on the local black community. And since you're one of our young stars, we want to make sure that you were included in, in the program. So, uh, Chardonnay, I really want to thank you. I want to see if Hayward Evans has a question or comment before, before we go. Chardonnay, you are absolutely fantastic. And again, the fruit's not falling far from the tree. But, but you know, but, but on that note, you know, black history is so important, so critical to us. But as young people like you, you are truly a local treasure. And I'm hoping that the uh, listenership is encouraged to come and hear you perform because you're absolutely excellent. Uh, in the short term now, you, you share with us what you're going to be doing in, in the month of, uh, of February. But, but what other activities are you involved in here? Right. Thank you so much. First, I just want to say thank you. I appreciate that. And I received that message. For this school year or just this next year, college, et cetera, um, I'm currently doing research at the University of Washington under the mentorship of Relina Joseph, Dr. Relina Joseph. She is the curator and director of community communications, diversity, um, and equity at the University of Washington, CCDE. And that has been a great project. I'm hoping to present that to the community soon, still in the groundwork of that. I recently was awarded Mary Gates Endowment Research Scholarship. So that was a $5,000 scholarship to grant my research and the things that I'm doing at the UW. Um, and I'm just going to continue to be a light. 
my parents instilled that in me, and I want to be that for our community, but also other young black girls as well. So I take that with the most grace and humility. Well, Chardonnay, thank you very much. You're doing a lot. You are a light for uh, our folks. And when people see as personal, as young as you are, taking the lead like you are, it's inspiring the younger people. So keep doing it. We look forward to hearing you on uh, Monday, February 1st for the kickoff of Black yes. History Month with Converge Media, yeah. which will be streamed by multiple platforms. So thank you very much, Chardonnay. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Okay. Okay, Eric, I will take a break and come back with our next guest after this. Hi, my name is Mian Rice, the Diversity and Contracting Director for the Port of Seattle. As a public agency, the Port of Seattle serves the community and our investments should benefit everyone who lives and works here. The Port is committed to equity, diversity, and inclusion, and to leveling the playing field. That means continuing to open doors to contracting opportunities to all, especially women and minority-owned and disadvantaged businesses. How can you participate? List your business in Vendor Connect, a database of contractors. Attend PortGen workshops to learn how to do business with the port. Learn more about contracting opportunities at portseattle.org. For more information on operating a concessions at Seattle Tacoma International Airport, visit lease.seataxshops.com. Why sit in bumper-to-bumper traffic when you can hop on Link Light Rail and fly by the gridlock? It's a smoother, easier, stress-free way to get where you want to go. Whether you're heading north to Capitol Hill in the University of Washington or south to Columbia City, Tukwila, and the airport, Link Light Rail will get you there quickly and safely. And if you have an ORCA card, even better. Just tap on the yellow card reader when you get on and listen for the beep to let you know your card has been accepted. Then tap your card reader again once you've reached your destination and listen for the double beep to let you know you've tapped off correctly. To find the closest Linklight Rail station or to learn how to get an ORCA card, just go to soundtransit.org and type Linklight Rail into the search bar. Sound Transit's Linklight Rail. Just another way that Sound Transit is powering progress. Make it a great day. Keep your dial on Alternative Talk 1150. All right. Eddie Ryan Hayward Evans back at Urban Forum Northwest with our next guest, the young music apasionado, the songwriter, the musician, and the singer, Mr. Chandler Williams. We just had Chardonnay Beaver, another Garfield grad, on the program right before you, Chandler. So uh, thank you, first of all, for agreeing to participate once again in the Martin Luther King Commemoration Committees. Uh, this time, the Black History event last one was the commemoration of the 63 March on Washington, August 28th. So uh, why don't you just go ahead and share a little bit about what you're doing, and then I'll let Hayward talk about the program itself, because uh, he's heard your songs and he knows what's happening. So why don't you just give us a little background about how you got rolling. I put in the, uh, I think I in, face in the email that you started performing in major venues when you were 16. Is that correct? Yes, sir. My first headlining event um, was at the Crocodile um, in Belltown area of Seattle. And it was called From the Soul Live, which was based on my first album at the age of 16 that I wrote and produced. Um, but it all began around the age of 13, I would say, when I got really serious about my writing and my production, wanted to take it to another level. And it's only been 
improving and increasing from there. So you say you got what is what are the name of some of your albums? Um, my only album at this point is called From the Soul. That's on every digital platform. Um, I wrote and produced that when I was 16 years old. When I was at that was my first year at Garfield actually, and I had used the Quincy Jones uh, Recording Arts Program to do most of that album. So that was the first one, and now I'm working on my second one right now. Yeah, well, that's that's great. Well, I'm gonna go I'll go to Hayward and, and have him talk to him about the February 1st MLK CC Black History Month kickoff, which you're a part of. So Hayward, go right ahead. You know, Chandler. First, thank thank you for being here with us. And you know, the great thing is, can you share with them? Didn't you go back east uh, during that um, what was it, Black Lives Matter event? Yeah. So with my church in the beginnings, I went to the March for Our Lives event, and that was. Um, really emphasizing on gun violence, and it was a really, really major um, moment in my life as an American and as a black man that just to see all of us come together and focus on what's important for the advancement of our country. It was a great experience for sure. That it was youth-led as well. That was a great experience to be a part of. Now, one of the songs that you select was "Made Away." How did you come up with that one? "Made Away." I think that really. Um, resembled our theme for this event um, from struggle to strength. Um, so made a way that was a pretty solid representation of how we have come and made a far away by the way of God, by the grace of God. So that was, I felt like that was a good choice for this event. Now, you know, in light of the events recently and taking over the white house uh, now more than ever, now more than ever, we have to, we have to celebrate our accomplishments and what we've done and we need to recognize the black leaders, businesses, educators, artists, people like you, because you are absolutely the future. Uh, can you just share with uh, share with our listenership what Black Black History Month means to you? Uh, man, Black History Month for me it means definitely a period of reflection, but it's also um, a glimpse into the future. You know, similar to the theme again from Struggle Comes Strength. You know. We're watching like the struggle that we came over and we recognize the struggles that we still face today. So we're only destined to become even stronger and stronger as time goes by. You know, and considering where our people came from, if we truly, truly took a, a good, solid look at history, and you know, I hate that word history because his story, is it her story? Is it our story? Whose story is it? Who's writing those right. books? That's why I'm so glad to hear that you're writing your songs. You're presenting your talent. Uh, uh, publicly now uh, in the near term. Oh, for, for our listenership, share share with our listenership who your family is, your parents. Uh, my father is Clarence Williams. My mother is Paulette Knighton. And and who else? I'm sorry. <laughs> oh no, no. I was I was going to say and New Beginnings, Fire Department, things of that oh. nature. But uh, yeah. talk about Deacon Clarence Deacon. Yeah, matter of fact, in the early yeah. 70s, he made me an honorary member of the Seattle Black Firefighters Association, and I still have my jacket with my name on it. Yes, sir. <laughs> now, CW was the leader. There's no question, and is the leader. Now, for those people, you know, when, again, when we're looking at it, this is a struggle to strength. And uh, and for you, I mean, you're so strong and, and uh, a young leader in our community, so we're really, really uh, appreciative of that. Uh, what other song are you going to sing during the event? Um, so I'm singing Made Away and Glory by John Legend. Both I felt were very appropriate for 
this event just to kind of monitor where we've come from, but more importantly, where we're going. You, and, you know, I, I had the opportunity, the pleasure, the honor to hear those songs already that the other people haven't heard yet. And uh, I'm telling you, John Legend, boy, you better watch out. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, sir. No, you're absolutely fantastic. Well, the, uh, the event on uh, February 1st starts at 4.30. It's going to be live stream on a lot of different sites. And uh, about 5.20 or so, we'll be uh, lighting Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, Memorial Park. And I'm hoping everybody has a chance to go by and see it. The park's going to remain lit throughout, throughout February in honor of Black history. And again, like you were saying, it's a time, a time of reflection. Uh, in the future, uh, tell us about some of your future activities. Um, in the future, I definitely want to get more involved with my music, you know, to directly make that impact. You know, I have I write and produce with a wide variety of genres and concepts. But music, as you said, music and writing is powerful. And I want to make sure that I have that powerful impact on my community and on the world for the most part. You know, I like to see you hook up. I want to thank Chandler. We were, our time is up, Hayward. But Chandler, we're going to have you back on because we want uh, folks like you and Chardonnay Beaver and other young leaders to have a word on this platform on a regular basis. So we'll be talking to you soon about music and other things uh, that young people are enduring right now. And hopefully the White House might have some new promise for us. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Good. Thank you so much. Okay. Thank you very much, Chandler. We appreciate it. All right. <clears throat> Okay, we were supposed to be hooked up, getting hooked up with uh, Songbird Josephine Howell. I know she got some music. I think we can play until we get her on the line. Is that possible, Larry? For those who take a walk with me to live back in our history, all rise, all rise to face the past that we must dread. To use our strength and lift our head all run, all run, all rise up, please stand up, when will we rise up, stand for those who fail for us, live for those who die for us, when will we rise up for those to walk with me, to live back in our history, all rise, all rise, to face the past that we most dread, to use our strength and lift our head, all run, all run, to face the past that seems so near, to conquer all Hidden fears all right. Ladies and gentlemen, the one and only Josephine Howe, who will grace the MLKCC Black History Kickoff on Monday, February 1st. Josephine Howe, it's so good to, to hear you. I can hardly see you now because of this thing we got <laughs> going around here. But uh, it's good that you are around and you're going to be performing on February 1st. And I'm going to, since Hayward Evans is the producer of the program, I'm going to let it go straight to him because we're going to hear some more of your music before you go. Hayward, go right ahead. Josephine, first, we're, we're just so proud. You talk about you talk about a living legend, a, a oh. true Seattle treasure. I mean, uh, you know, Eddie asked him before, can you share with the people all the places that you perform because you perform so many different places? Oh, wow. 
It's a blessing. It's it's my honor. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> and I know what's what dear to your heart. Uh, don't you help out with the food bank? Yes, actually, at the emergency feeding program. I work there, and we just help to make sure that everybody gets fed and everybody has an opportunity to live the life that they were supposed to live. Nobody should be hungry. We shouldn't have the homeless. And, and uh, so it's my pleasure to work with them. Really, it is. Now, this is our third annual uh, Black History Month program. And uh, the theme is uh, Black History from Struggle Comes Strength. What does that mean to you? <laughs> Let me put it like this. Uh, if you think about uh, giving birth, and a, a child having to come through a birth canal and the squeezing of its, of its head and its body as, as it's in a space where it can't even move. And the pain that comes through that, the, ask any person that has had a, a, a baby or, or has held the hand of a person having a baby, that the pain that uh, is produced, uh, the pain produces life and the struggle the push, the moving, the, the squeezing, it gets you out of a, a confined space to a, a space where you can be free and where you can move. Well, I, you know, I can, I can relate to that because uh, when my wife had our children, it hurt me. I mean, I can, I can feel it. Lord have mercy. You talk about something that seriously, seriously hurts. Uh, yes. Can you share? Can you share with our listening audience the songs that you're going to be uh, performing uh, on the Black History Month uh, program? Can I share with you some of them? Yes, please. So I'm, um, of course, uh, we do lift every voice and sing, but we do. I'm going to be doing songs that reflect uh, not just the struggle, but our hope. You know, we 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 through our struggle, we have hope. And uh, that's one of the reasons why we continuously struggle and we continuously fight. We continuously move because if we didn't see a brighter day, if we didn't see light at the end of the tunnel, if we didn't believe that there would be a better tomorrow, then there would be no struggle. We would just give up and die. So and the I'm, glad you said, yeah. Yeah, I'm glad you said that because we've really, really, really come a long way. Yes, we have a ways to go, but we've come a long way. And it's surprising how many how many black folks are still out here considering what we what we had to go through. I yeah, mean, it, yeah, it's yeah. absolutely. You know, it, I'm it, I'm glad you said that because, um, like one of the songs is grateful. Um, I didn't have to be here. I could have been the one of the ones that lost my way and lost my mind, lost my life, but I'm here, and. If at some point you can find something to say thank you for, you can find a reason to put your foot out the bed. If you can find another reason, to, another thing to say thank you for, I can lift my body up out of a, a, a out of a, a stupor and, and, and a bad place. If I can find something to say thankful, to be thankful for, I can turn around and reach my hand out to help somebody else. If I can find some way to be grateful and thankful, then... I have hope and I will become contagious with that 
with the with the expectation that it's a brighter day coming. So you know, I'm so have- I'm so glad you said that. You know, when we were doing our research on Seattle, uh, you know, the, the Central District started up there, you know, off of Madison Street near 23rd, and uh, we call it the CD, but it used to be called the CH. It was called the uh, Colored Howl, <laughs> a coon, mm. coon howl. <laughs> so we've, we've gone from Coon Hollow to the CD. Granted, we've been gentrified to a large degree, but we're still here kicking it. Yeah, we are. Yeah, we are. Okay, well, Josephine, we certainly do appreciate uh, your commentary and uh, the advice you're giving folks and the hope that you have, because uh, I believe, like Reverend Jesse Jackson said, we have, and Martin Luther King both said, we have to keep hope alive. But we also have to be engaged in good trouble to make sure we uh, find our way. So uh, I'm looking forward to hearing you on Friday, on Monday uh, afternoon for the Martin Luther King Commemoration Committee kickoff of Black History Month. And uh, tell everybody to go by, I guess after Monday, they can go by and see the the light, the trees lit in the Martin Luther King Memorial Civil Rights Park. Oh, my goodness, man. And and can I just say thank you, uh, Eddie, and thank you, Hayward, for always fighting always pushing and for always teaching us how to celebrate the win because uh, thank you for helping us celebrate because I think we should celebrate every small victory because it helps us fight another day so thank you for always standing in the gap pushing us forward educating us telling us that we must be a part of the solution because there is a problem so thank you to both of you now you you now you be sending a message, sister. That's all I can say. <laughs> Keep sending that message because you said it very well. Okay, Josephine Howell, thank, thank you. you so much. We really appreciate you. Thank you. All right, I appreciate y'all. Have a great one. Okay, you too now. Okay, okay. we're gonna take a break and come back with Shadi Moore after the break. Rise, all rise up, please stand up. Hi, my name is Mian Rice, the Diversity of Contracting Director for the Port of Seattle. As a public agency, the Port of Seattle serves the community and our investments should benefit everyone who lives and works here. The Port is committed to equity, diversity, and inclusion and to leveling the playing field. That means continuing to open doors to contracting opportunities to all, especially women and minority-owned and disadvantaged businesses. How can you participate? List your business in Vendor Connect, a database of contractors. Attend PortGen workshops to learn how to do business with the port. Learn more about contracting opportunities at portseattle.org. For more information on operating a concessions at Seattle Tacoma International Airport, visit lease.seataxhops.com. Why sit in bumper-to-bumper traffic when you can hop on Link Light Rail and fly by the gridlock? It's a smoother, easier, stress-free way to get where you want to go. Whether you're heading north to Capitol Hill and the University of Washington or south to Columbia City, Tukwila, and the airport, Link Light Rail will get you there quickly and safely. And if you have an ORCA card, even better. Just tap on the yellow card reader when you get on and listen for the beep to let you know your card has been accepted. Then tap your card reader again once you've reached your destination. 
and listen for the double beep to let you know you've tapped off correctly. To find the closest Linklight Rail station or to learn how to get an ORCA card, just go to soundtransit.org and type Linklight Rail into the search bar. Sound Transit's Linklight Rail. Just another way that Sound Transit is powering progress. Organic, free range, and fresh daily. Alternative Talk, 1150. Okay, we're back live now. Well, next, with our next and last guest for the day, uh, Ms. Shadé Moore is the chair of the Seattle MLK Organizing Coalition. She's the secretary of the Central District Public Central District Community Preservation Development Authority, which is located at 22nd and Jackson, uh, and also a very busy person. So we're glad she had time for us today. So, Ms. Shadé Moore, why don't you give us uh, listeners first an overview? of uh, this different kind of MLK holiday event uh, that uh, we went through last Monday on the 18th. Hey, again. hey Eddie. Um, sorry, I couldn't really hear you there. Um, no, I just wanted you to do an overview of uh, the MLK event on the 18th since we couldn't have the uh, Opportunity Fair, the workshops, and it was a rally in March. So if you could just highlight, give us the highlights on that. So, again, as you had already uh, communicated, the event was on January 18th. Um, It was our 39th annual celebration. Um, Obviously a little different this year. Um, Not a little, sorry. A lot different this year. Um, I definitely think, you know, um, the loss of not having the opportunity fair was a big, you know, uh, was a big loss for us this year. Um, Everything was, uh, well, not everything, but a good... 60 to 75 percent of our events were virtual. Um, our uh, march and rally were in person. Um, we didn't have uh, a huge turnout, I think, as we anticipated. Uh, still a lot of people, which was great. Um, you know, a lot of turnout, um, a lot of support from the local community. Um, I was really hoping to get in the 10,000s again this year. Um, but again, with the event taking place where it was, where it was um, I think, you know, the roughly, and I'm saying roughly, um, you know, 3,500 to 5,000 people that came out um, was still um, a huge success and just really hoping for the best for this upcoming year celebration. Um, we had, you know, uh, generous donations um, and sponsorships from musicians. Um, um, you know, from um, a variety of, of different organizations that were able to provide us with services this year. Um, we still had, you know, um, a way to get people back up to the school, which was great. Um, we had, you know, um, a lot of um, larger organizations that, you know, were able to support with PPE to make sure that, you know, we recovered uh, as far as with our, uh, our safety, uh, part with our health and safety protocols. So yeah, so um, again, it was it was a huge turnout. Um, not any no disturbances, as you know most would have anticipated, which was good. Um, we had you know uh, some new interns this year, which was our first year having interns in our program. That did an outstanding job. Um, we had a virtual youth event on the 17th, which was the Sunday before. We had virtual workshops that you know went on for about a week. And still to this day, people are asking for the recordings for those workshops, workshops to share with their companies and teams. Um, so, I mean, 
this year, with it being a little bit more challenging, um, obviously a lot of our volunteers having to, you know, get educated on that tech aspect of doing, you know, our events virtually. Um, we're hoping to, again, incorporate a lot of this into our upcoming planning um, just to make sure that, you know, we're being, um, we're, we're being diverse, but we're, we're providing more opportunities for people who can't come out and make our events. <laughs> so, uh, so will you have you have a uh will there be a, like a follow-up uh zoom meeting uh as you have in the past i think it's usually like the second week of february we will um as protocol those meetings are are closed to you know our committee members um to participate and to review feedback not only from our volunteers in the community but also from each other uh just to you know work through the good, the bad, and ways that we can progress uh, towards a better event for next year. Okay, well, Hayward had a question. You know, and that's why, and that's why we're so proud of you, Charlay. You talk about excellent, dynamic leadership, and the future leader. Because you know, I'm still pushing you to run for office in, down the line. I think you would make an excellent elected official. Uh, and I was there working the parking lot. I thought it was an absolutely fantastic event. I, I certainly do. A lot of people were out there. And uh, what were your biggest challenges that day? Um, COVID-19? Yeah, yeah, amen. Besides COVID. Besides COVID, um, it was a little cold. Um, we also, you know, there was people um, in the community that had reached out saying that they, you know, didn't feel comfortable participating because they didn't know the route. And I mean, um, I'm gonna be honest with you, I didn't feel any type of way for not sharing that information with anybody. It was left confidential for members of our coalition um, due to, you know, again, we have to keep everybody safe, um, not just certain people, right? We want everybody to be safe at our events. Um, I think, um, again, that was somewhat of a challenge, but I mean, you know, it, it happened the way it was supposed to. Because every year prior to, we were able to um, put, you know, our web, or I'm sorry, our March, um, our March route on the website for folks to uh, kind of just get an understanding of, you know, what we're targeting for the year. Um, see what else? Oh, another challenge was not having that huge community meal um, at the end of the event where we were having a bar field. Really missed that this year as well. Uh, missed the opportunity to partner with, you know, multiple black-owned businesses uh, to help, you know, with giving out food um, and feeding, you know, our community members as well as our, our volunteers and participants. Um, but again, like I said, Adele uh, came through, so we were really, you know, happy to have their support again for another year uh, throughout all the challenges. Um, I want to say that was it overall. Okay, Sade, wait a minute. Now, you can't go like that. Now, wait a minute. Hold up. I need to have the listeners know what the three stops were on the march before we have to go. Where did where did the march stop and why did it stop in those locations? You said, what was the first stop? But I mean, all, you had stopped three times, but I want you to identify the location and the purpose for the stop. Oh, gosh. Uh, so the first stop was at Odessa Brown uh, Children's Clinic. Um, really, you know, no, um, I mean, that was anticipated, you know, with, you know, the events um, surrounding Dr. Ben Danielson. Um, also, shout out to Macklemore 
um, and his wife, uh, I believe her name was Tricia, they donated hundreds of, I believe, Dr. Ben Danielson sweatshirts and T-shirts for not only, you know, the coalition, but for the community as well. So, you know, we were able to have those as giveaways for the event. Um, but, yeah, so Odessa Brown Clinic, um, again, in support and to stand in solidarity with um, Dr. Ben Danielson. Um, we ended at the prosecutor's office, um, and that was again to target um, kind of the injustices surrounding um, what's happening with our youth being charged as adults. And you're going to have to forgive me. I don't remember that middle stop um, that we had passed. It's been, it's been almost two weeks. But in short, every stop, as it is every year, um, okay. is significant. So. Okay, Sade, we're out of time. We're going to have to have you back on talking about the Central District Community Preservation and Development Authority probably next week or right before. Where's the next public meeting? The next public meeting is on the 10th of February. Okay, we will have you back on to make sure that you can talk about that uh, to apprise the public on progress that's being made by the Central District Community Preservation Development Authority, AKA the McKinney Center for Community and Economic Development. Sade, keep up the good work. This is your platform. Anytime you got something up, you know, Hayward and I welcome your participation because you're doing so much. But for such a young person that's accomplished so much. So thank you very much. Thank you. All righty. Okay, I uh, want to let everybody know, we want to thank uh, uh, Sound Transit's Labor Office and Civil Rights Office, uh, Port of Seattle's Diversity Contracting Office, uh, the City of Seattle's Personal Construction Services Office, Concourse Concession, SeaTac Bar Group LLC, and Stephanie Ogle uh, for the technology assistance she gives us. And once again, Hayward, that uh, Black History event is when? Uh, Monday, February 1st. From 4.30 to 6 o'clock, 5.20, we will be lighting the park officially. The Martin Luther King Park will be lit officially for the month of February. Okay, and uh, you heard uh, quite a few of the people who will be there on the program. Uh, Chandler Williams, Chardonnay Beaver, Josephine Howe, and Hayward will be talking about uh, the $13 billion that uh, are worth of- Trillion. Wealth. 13 trillion? Trillion. Okay, that's a lot, a lot of money. So anyway, thanks, Eric. We'll talk to you again next Thursday, everybody. Check us out Saturday morning at 7 o'clock on this station. <laughs>